You are beautiful. You are worthy. Your dreams were put on your heart for a reason. No matter what anyone else might think of you for following them. So stand up, stand tall, and stand proud. You were made to shine. Excited to preach this message. Another part of me was very resistant to preaching this message. And I think when you hear it and let it really sink in, you're going to have the same reaction in your heart. There's going to be a part of your heart that really gets excited and almost grateful for, I think, the the main point that, that God is trying to make here. And the other part of you is going to be really resistant to it because you're not going to like it. You're not going to like it. Have you ever had a season in life where the thing that you wanted to be changed God wasn't changing. You know what I mean? Like maybe it is your inability to get pregnant. Maybe it's a promotion in your job. Maybe it's your living situation. Like you've been you've been trying to to get the finances to move your family out of the living situation because it's not as safe as you want it to be. Or maybe it's just an annoying coworker that you're like, God, please get them fired because I cannot stand. I'm going to throw a punch. I'm going to throw a punch at them the next time they said something that irritates me. Like, you need to do something, God. Or maybe it's, you know, it's an injury. You're injured and you love working out and you love running and you love, I'm speaking about myself right now, you love all of those things and you're injured. And you're like, God, why aren't, why can't you just heal me? I know you can. Why, why aren't you? Or maybe it's something else. Maybe it's another insecurity. Maybe it's, it's your acne. I remember in high school, there was a season in my life. I started using this, these skincare products and they caused me to have an allergic reaction. And I kid you not, I, for about four months, my skin was so bad, I couldn't even look at people in the eye. And every night I would pray, God, please heal my skin. Please heal my skin. And I'd wake up the next day and it wasn't healed. And whatever it is, whatever it is you are praying for God for, to get out of your job, to get a new job, for a bank account number, for your kids to get accepted into that school, for you to get accepted into that school, whatever it is, we've all been there. We've all had loss. We've all had things in our life that we thought they were going to go one way, right? Right? And then they, they didn't. And time after time, we kept praying for things to change, but they never did. So we just kind of stopped. And I have a chapter in my next book called Buried Dreams because I think what we do is we never really leave that hope the hope for a better tomorrow, the hope for that relationship, the hope for a better job, that hope never really leaves us. But it becomes so painful to hope that we just bury it. Because that hope is dressed in a lot of disappointment. And we think that to continue our relationship with God appropriately, we have to just disregard all the prayers he didn't answer. And then what happens over time 
when you do that, because you want to be a good Christian and you want to be someone that follows God, is you're really creating a, a rift in your relationship with God. Because God never calls us to be happy all the time. He just wants us to be honest with him. He already knows you're pissed. Yeah, I said pissed. He already knows you're disappointed. He knows you better than you know you. He made you. He made every single fiber of your being in your mother's womb. He knows you better than you know you. And so you're not hiding anything by not talking to him about it. The only thing you're doing is preventing yourself from involving God in the process of you processing. And I'll be honest, I am not good at that. Like I am not good at when something really hurts, like when I mean it really hurts and I'm almost shocked that God would allow this to pass through his hands or when something continues to hurt and I'm shocked that God would allow this to continue to hurt. I tend to think, okay, it's my job to bury this. It's my job to just move on. God is never going to heal it. For some reason, beyond my understanding, he's just never going to do it. So I just need to be silently disappointed for the rest of my life. Some of you are like that. Some of you are 35. And when you were 22, you prayed for a husband or you prayed for a wife. And you're 35 and God still hasn't delivered. And you're silently just pissed off every time you see another engagement photo. But God forbid you actually talk to God about how mad you are. Right? Right? In scripture, I was reading a parable that we all know. Not a parable, sorry. I was reading about a miracle that that Jesus did that we all know. We have heard it a gazillion times, but I've missed it. I missed this one absolutely pivotal perspective that I think kind of, at least for me, maybe you're not like me. Maybe you're going to leave this saying, Annie, I don't feel any less at peace about the things in my life that never happened that I prayed for than when I did before I started this podcast. And I, and I get it. I get it. But for me, someone that, again, you may not be like, but for me, I've had things in my life that I've prayed for that still haven't happened. I have had things in my life that I prayed for and they happened and they weren't what I thought they were going to be. I had things in my life that have happened and I've prayed for them to go away and they still haven't gone away. I have things in my life that I've prayed for and I feel like it's fallen on deaf ears. I've had moments where I've asked, God, are you even there? And I said it in a way less nice way than that. I've had moments where I said, are you even real? Do you even hear me? Do you even care? I've had those moments. Maybe you haven't. Maybe you, you've you lived your life, everything's perfect, and you don't even know what disappointment is. And that's awesome. Like, good night. Let me lay hands on you to get some of that anointing because I have had disappointment. I've had pain. And when I read this, kind of based off the inspiration of a preacher I listened to this morning, I was like, holy guacamole cow. Holy guacamole cow. So this is the the story about the paralyzed man that his friends lowered him from the roof. Okay? So Jesus is preaching. 
Jesus is preaching in this little house or whatnot. And you guys, roofs back then were, they were intense. They were made of like straw and mud and rock. So it was not an easy feat to just get, you know, dig a hole through the roof. And so these friends, to get their friend healed, who was paralyzed, lowered him in front of Jesus. And it says in Mark chapter 2, verse um, 5, where am I? I am on verse 4. Then they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. And what I didn't ever think about or pause to question before in my entire life is why did Jesus say that first? Why did he say that first? Why didn't he give the man what obviously his friends were asking for first, which was to be healed? Later, it says, you know, stand up, pick up your mat and walk. Um, excuse me, it says, verse 11, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. Why didn't he say that first? Why didn't he say, stand up, pick up your mat and go home first? That's what they wanted. That's what the crowd wanted. That's what all the people wanted. Why didn't he say that first? Why did he say, child, your sins are forgiven first? And that's when it hit me. It's because Jesus sees deeper than the physical. Jesus cares more about what's going on in your heart and healing that than he does what's on the exterior. He saw, obviously, the man was paralyzed. Everyone can see the man is paralyzed. What everyone else couldn't see is the biggest injury that this man had, which was the shame going on in his heart from whatever his past entailed. The shame, the guilt, the disappointment, the grief, whatever that was. Jesus saw that. To think whatever was going on in this man's heart was more significant of a problem to be healed than paralysis. Jesus ended up healing the paralysis, right? But he said, your heart is what matters first. It's what's the most important. It's the injuries in your heart. I always joke, I have never been a good injured person, ever. Like, never in my life, ever have I, I have never been a good injured person. My family will tell you, um, I, and I'm hesitant to use the word depressed because I, I, you know, psych major, I know what clinical depression is, and it's not that, but, but it's just when I am not able to move, I have never done well. Like, I remember distinctly in high school, um, when they told me I couldn't play tennis because I had micro tears in my bicep, you would have thought that they told me I was never going to walk again. Like I am a drama queen when it comes to injuries. And a lot of it is because I put so much of my routine based off of my movement and my workouts. And it makes me feel like I'm in control. Cough, cough. 
it is something that I've idolized in the past. 100%. And right now, right now, um, I'm struggling with another injury. And I'm not able to run. And in the past, my past track record for being injured is... um, I'm ticked off at God, but I don't feel like I can talk to him about how I'm ticked off. So I just kind of don't talk to him much anymore. And I kind of felt like I had to be in a good mood to talk to God. And when I wasn't in a good mood, I felt like I couldn't because I wouldn't be showing up on my best behavior. And that's religion. That's, that's religion. That's what, that's what like the world tells you is, you know, you're responsible to show up in a good mood, presentable, perfect picture, pristine, all the stuff. And we kind of project that onto our relationship with God. And this time around, it's been tough. Don't get me wrong. It's been tough. If, if any of you are runners, especially, you know how tough it is to be told you can't do the one thing that like you just really, really love. And especially when you're training for a race, right? Like it sucks. It really does suck. And when I've been praying, it's been a little different this time around. I've actually been honest with God about my frustration. I've been honest with God about my disappointment. And when I read this, how Jesus first said, my child, your sins are forgiven instead of healing him, it hit me in the face because it reminded me, okay, it gave me this realization that if God isn't healing my injury right now, it may be, it just might be because he is healing something deeper within me that would not have come up had I not had this injury. Had this man not been paralyzed Those friends would never have brought him to Jesus. Had this man not been struggling with paralysis his entire life, his friends wouldn't have brought him to the Savior. And had he not been brought to the Savior, Jesus would not have been able to heal his heart. So sometimes, sometimes, Jesus, God, will use the things that we're praying would go away to bring us closer to him so that he can heal a deeper wound we don't even really know is there because we have suppressed it for so long. Whenever I can't physically do what I want to do, I'm forced to stay still, literally. Like, like physically, I have to stay still. And I hate that. I hate staying still. I hate it. Because it makes me get really, really honest with where I'm at. It forces me to look everything I'm so fearful of in the face. Which is, you're lazy. You're not good enough. You'll never be able to achieve your way to worth, which I won't. You're incompetent. When you're someone like me that associates achievement with love, when you can't do the things you you tie to achieving, you feel unlovable. 
And what I've noticed throughout this, this time around, I've had so many injuries in my life, you guys. I have had micro tears. I have had stress fractures. I have had a groin pull, a hip flexor pull. I had knee problems. I had foot problems. I had calf problems. Achilles tendon. Like I have had all the injuries all the way around. Never had an ab problem, knock on wood. That's probably the one body part I haven't hurt because um, I've hurt, you know, whatever, all the stuff. And what I felt God saying in this season is, Annie, you have been running, literally running from this fear of inadequacy. And no amount of movement, no amount of exercise, nothing out there is going to give you that feeling of being adequate. That can only be found in me. Whether you're winning the race you're training for or you're sitting on the couch. I made you adequate. So no one can take that away. Not even you. You can't prove to be more adequate by what you do with your body. You can't. And while that's something that I've known, it's something I've never really lived Some of us are like that. Like some of us know that God loves us. Some of us know that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of us know that Jesus Christ died for us and rose again to to wash away our sins, right? Some of us know that God has a hope and a plan for our future, but we don't live like that. I am feeling it right now. I am feeling this Holy Spirit conviction because Lord knows I am this way. We know it, like we know it in our minds, but it's a different thing to have it in your mind and to get it in your heart. And that is why Jesus looked at this man. This man knew that Jesus was the savior. His friends knew that Jesus was the savior. If not, they wouldn't have dug through a freaking roof to get him there, but Jesus needed them to get it in their hearts. That is why he said first, child, your sins are forgiven. Because he needed to heal a heart problem first before a physical problem. If he just healed the physical problem, they would know for the rest of their life that Jesus Christ was a savior. But it wouldn't be in their hearts because there was still sin in their hearts preventing them from bleeding that into their inner being. Some of us need to start believing the things that we think. We go to church, we listen to a sermon, we write down our gratitude list. We think and we think and we think and we think Jesus Christ is the son of God. And we think that God loves us. And we think that he made us for a purpose. And we think that he has plans for our life. And we think that he'll never leave us or forsake us. And we think that he'll give us every place where he sets our foot. And we think he's with us all the time. And we think that he knows what he's doing. And we think that he made the world. And we think that he made us and said we are very good, but we don't believe it. We don't live our lives like that. If you really lived your life believing that Jesus Christ died for you, he died for you, not just everyone else, not just Peter and James and John, but you, insert your name here. He died for me, Annie Mayfield. He put the, he had the crown of thorns on his head. He was bleeding out for you. If we really believe that, well, look what happened to Paul and to Peter. Look at the way they preached. Peter, the one that denied Jesus three times, look at him boldly preaching for the gospel, willing to die for Jesus. 
a man that was once ashamed to be associated with Jesus is now fearlessly preaching about the Son of God. Why? Because it got in his heart. You will always have disappointments in your life. But I think the biggest disappointment for your life is going to be if we don't move the message of Christ into our hearts. I am choosing to see this disappointment because that's what it is. In my mind, this is a disappointment. I, you asked that paralyzed man if he was happy to be paralyzed. No, absolutely not. He's not going to say that. I'm not saying walk around like, I'm so blessed that my three-year-old child passed away. I'm so blessed that my kid got into this school, but we don't have the money to send him to it. I'm so blessed that I was sexually abused. I'm not saying to say that. What I'm saying is to ground your firm foundation of faith in something deeper than the fact that your disappointments will define you because they won't. God uses all things for good according to the purpose that love and serve, according to the purpose of his will for those that love and serve him. What does that mean? That means I promise you, just as this man's paralysis was probably the biggest disappointment of his life, it's the thing that got him to Jesus for Jesus to heal the most important thing in his life, which was his heart. The surface level wound is the paralysis. Right now for me, my surface level wound is my foot. For you, the surface level wound is the debt. The surface level wound is the breakup. The surface level wound is the divorce. The surface level wound is the not feeling good enough. The surface level wound is the anxiety. The surface level wound is the demotion. The surface level wound is the firing. The surface level wound is the bank account number. That isn't where you want it to be. The surface level wound is the friend that walked away from you. The guy that ghosted you. The girl that ghosted you. The fact that your pants fit a little bit tighter. The fact that you need that surgery, but you can't afford it. That's the surface level wound. I'm not saying the surface level wound isn't hella painful. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is that there's always something deeper God wants to heal if he doesn't change it right away. I'm going to say that again. There is always something deeper God is looking to heal if he doesn't take it away. And if your situation hasn't changed, it doesn't mean it's not going to. You know, I kind of think about the man with the paralysis and his friends. They went through all that crap to get him down to Jesus. And when Jesus said, my child, your sins are forgiven... I'm sure there was a little bit of from his friends like, really? Really? I thought you were the Savior. I didn't ask for his friends, his sins to be forgiven because I bet the, the, the man with the paralysis probably felt the change in his heart, but his friends, his friends couldn't feel that. It wasn't their heart. His friends who went through all that trouble and they dropped him in front of Jesus. And Jesus said, my child, your sins are forgiven. I'm sure the friends were like, really? 
I didn't come here for that. I came here so that I didn't have to listen to my friend whining for the rest of my life. I want him to be able to move, move. And sometimes we feel like that. We're like, God, really? I didn't ask for you to do this. I needed you to fix this. I didn't ask for for all that. I asked for you to fix this, for you to heal this. And to that, I say, my friend, if he's not healing the thing that you want to be healed, I'm not saying it's never going to happen, but I'm saying there's something more important that God's doing. There's something more important he sees that needs to be healed. And my prayer for you is that you have the firm foundation of faith wrapped in patience to let God do the surgery in your heart that's going to lead to an everlasting confidence, to an everlasting peace, to an everlasting strength in the midst of all of your initial surface level wounds that you wanted him to heal primarily. I'm praying for you because I know it's hard. I know it's hard to stand firm in the midst of chaos, in the midst of uncertainty, in the midst of I don't know how it's going to look a week from now, in the midst of if I could just do anything to go back to 24 hours ago and not make that decision, in the midst of if I could just go back two weeks and not say that thing to that person, in the midst of did I make the right decision, I know that's hard. I've been there. I am there. And I will be there again. But he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And if the work he's doing is not the work that you want him to be doing, my friend, my brother, and sister in Christ, I'm telling you it's because there's something more important he sees that needs his attention right now. He's always working. Always. Amen. Hey friend, thanks so much for listening all the way through. The fact that you did says so much about your willingness and curiosity to get into your personal development and growth. You guys, if this episode touched you and your spirit in any way, I pray that you share with two friends that you think would really find value in this. This is how these messages get around. And I know I personally just really appreciate when a friend thinks of me when they listen to something and think that I'll find value in it as well. Also, if you find so willing, please tag to your Instagram stories and make sure to tag Annie B. Mayfield. At the end of every month, I will be doing a drawing from everyone that is posted on their Instagram stories for a $50 Amazon gift card. You guys, I appreciate and love you all so much. Have an amazing day.